everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Tell Us What's in the Box. What's in the box? What is in the fucking box today? Well, let me tell you. This was your fault. First. I'm just going to say. This was my fault. (laughs) This was my fault. But uh, before we forget this again, because we've been doing so well, that's Danny. Hi, I'm Danny. <laughs> and then you're supposed to introduce me. Oh, and that's Joanna. It's a, it's a two. Okay, is that what we're doing? Jo- okay, whatever. I'm Joanna. I don't know. I just threw <laughs> it at you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, that's Danny. I'm Joanna. This is Tell Us What's in the Box, uh, not Tell Us What the Fuck is Wrong with Our Minds Right Now. <laughs> um, anyways, we are here today to talk about a film which was my fault um i couldn't watch it in one sitting because it gave me too much fucking anxiety um i don't know about you danny but uh we're gonna be talking about i'm thinking of ending things for this episode uh it is a 2020 film written and directed by charlie kaufman so you know you're in for <laughs> i was just gonna shit. say that that might be all they need to know <laughs> Uh, the film is based on the 2016 novel of the same name by Ian Reed and stars Jesse Buckley, Jesse Plemons, Tony Collette, goddess, goddess, and David Lewis. Um, I think what when I started watching this, like the lead actress, and I believe that's Jesse Buckley. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, two okay cool uh they have the same name just female jesse jesse buckley has an eye yes. um uh i thought i had recognized her from somewhere and i couldn't place it so i had to go on her imdb she played the wife of the fireman who gets all kinds of radiation poisoning in Chernobyl. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And she was phenomenal in that. So instantly y'all know you're in for a treat. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, and you have Jesse Plemons, who is also awesome. I remember him in Black Mirror. He's He's fantastic. He's amazing. And uh, and Tony Collette. I mean, come on. Of course. And David Lewis. And Lewis. Yeah. Like, they just, for the main characters, they just got an outstanding fucking cast that I don't know in anybody else's hands would have been able to pull this film off. If you have seen it, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so. It's Charlie Kaufman, um, so it's very, uh, it's, it's metaphor. I mean, you can't really take anything in it as very literal. I mean, because it's yeah. Charlie Kaufman, so it's all very uh, metaphorical and everything. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. So, what would you like uh, to talk about perhaps. first? I'm so I okay. Wait, first of all, am I supposed to summarize this fucking movie? Can you? Because I can, I'd like to see this, but like I don't know if I can at the same time. Yeah, you can just give a brief. <laughs> Okay, so we have Jesse Buckley and Jesse Plemons. They play a couple, um, Lucy and Jake from State Farm. All right, that's all I could think about anytime she said said his name. Um, but they uh, play a couple. They are driving through a blizzard to go visit Jake's parents for the first time. But up until that point, when you find out that that's happening, um, Lucy, her inner monologue just keeps talking and she keeps going back and forth between breaking up with Jake or not, you know, kind of playing their playing their whole entire relationship back and forth in her mind for the course, the course of the film. Um, and between that and visiting their parents and then trying to get back home, um, it's more constant rising anxiety than uncut gems. (laughs) I haven't seen uncut gems. Oh God. I mean, if you watch this first and then seen see uncut gems uncut gems is like nothing i thought uncut gems was a ball of anxiety Mm -hmm. for me no 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 no. this this was 
twice as bad, Mm -hmm. but in the best way possible, because this is a horror thriller. Mm -hmm. Um, But when people normally think of horror, you think of, you know, like Saw, Friday the 13th, Mm -hmm. you know, just blood and guts and slashers. But there is a very subtle horror in this. Mm -hmm. And it's played through all of those metaphors, all these dream-like sequences, Mm -hmm. right? And... I don't know about you, but through the entire film, I felt like I was being gaslit <laughs> and that's where so much of my anxiety came from. Cause I was trying to figure out like, whose story is this? Right. And when is it happening? Are these realities that are crossing, you know, what is the symbolism? What, you know, what is this a metaphor for mm-hmm. all the while there's this tension of seeing this really awkwardly placed together couple and you're wondering why she's even with him and then you slowly find out out about that I mean for me those were the absolute tensest parts Mm -hmm. aside from going to their parents house um but them just being together in the car in this unfamiliar environment, especially for her, I was just like, please don't get murdered. Please don't get murdered. Please don't get murdered. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Danny, start. And then you'll probably help me figure out where I want to start because I don't know with so, this. <laughs> so my, uh, my partner uh, didn't watch this with me, but he asked me, oh, how was it? And I said, here's how I described it to him. It's like when I was a kid, because I was a very imaginative kid and I was had night terrors and all sorts of stuff and I was trying to get to sleep. Part of how I would get to sleep was to tell myself stories. Like I'd put myself in movies that I liked or TV shows that I liked and stuff like that. Like yeah. I'm a huge nerd. But because it's your mind right and because you're trying to go to sleep what happens is is you're trying to have a through line but all these other Mm -hmm. things come in and things change as you're trying to like tell the story to yourself and have some consistency but your mind as it's drifting off to sleep or it's trying to remember what you had already said it kind of changes things and Mm -hmm. that's how this movie was um Things changed throughout the whole thing. Uh, her name changed. She was Lucy, and then she yeah. was Louisa, and she was Yvonne. Um, at one mm. point, um, the story of how they met changed um, a couple times. Um, what she did for a living changed. There's a painter, a mm. poet, a physicist, you know. I mean, it kind of kept together, but it it would change. Like the details would change. So the through line was the same. They were going to visit his parents. They were going to have dinner and then they were on their way home. So you have Mm -hmm. that through line that remained consistent pretty much, but then everything else would shift and change, right? As like the scene would change, she would be standing there talking to everybody. Then she would be by herself. Um, People would be off doing different things. Um, uh, People would change what they said. Um, You know, some things stayed the same, like the diligence and et cetera. So like certain things would stay the same, but then things would change. And so that's what kind of gave it that surreal dreamlike memory quality. Like it's a mind trying to remember and putting this story together through things that are going on, right? So here's my big theory. We're about 10 minutes into (laughs) this and we have about an hour to talk of it. So here's what I thought. All right. We think, or at least we start to think that she is the main character, right? And and Mm. at first we start to think these things are literal, Right. And we start to realize as things unravel that it's not, um, Mm. it's not her story. (laughs) It's Jake's story. It's not, I mean, this is Jake remembering all these things. Okay. Jake is the one he's the janitor. 
Yes. Right. He's the janitor. Yeah. And this is him remembering stuff from his past, his parents in various stages mm. and various ways. Um, you know, his father getting Alzheimer's um, after his mother dies and is sick, but then he remembers her as younger. Um, mm-hmm. But everything comes back to that. And the philosophical things they're talking about are him trying to reconcile his life, the choices that he made and where he is now um, as his mind kind of begins to, to unravel, you know, the, the theory of I'm thinking of ending things Um you know, refers to through most of the movie as, you know, she's thinking of breaking up with him, right? And that's how we're supposed to think of it. But what I think it is, is actually I'm thinking of ending things. I'm thinking of ending my life. I think that's what it's really talking about. Okay. I, my, my train of thought was kind of almost identical to that but then with her being like a physical focus in many of the scenes I was totally like questioning myself you know because normally when you do that in visual storytelling that's telling the audience this is this person's fucking scene right but then I mean if it's him imagining everything that makes sense of why her name Kate kept changing why he referred to her as Lucy and then the first time her phone rings in the car mm-hmm. it says Lucy is calling you know like what the fuck right yeah. um you know it makes sense why the janitors and I, I think this is when I finally started to put the pieces together when Lucy goes down at the basement and the janitor shirts are in the washer mm-hmm. and she's dragging it out and dragging it out and dragging it out but then I think I I will take your theory and go one step further with it. Mm-hmm. I don't think Lucy ever existed. Okay. So you it don't was, think she was, it was like all, somebody in his past? No, I don't think she ever existed. Yeah. I mean, she could definitely be like an amalgamation of like women he knew, maybe. Like yeah. a man, you know, him kind of putting together someone, you know, and whatever. Um, which yeah. I think is which makes which, sense why his yeah oh so yeah that's why her like her name kept changing right and I think where we see where she may have started to come from is the mm-hmm. girl at the ice cream place I think that where maybe where he saw a younger yeah. version of her yeah um of of the person he created in his mind um, yeah because if we know. We, what we kind of see is an amount is is kind of a conf, con uh, a conflagration, but a conflation. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, a conflation of things that are happening during his day, mm-hmm. as he's cleaning, or his evening as he's cleaning the the high school, and his memory as he's kind of telling himself this story in his head, right? As oh my god, right? And that Which is, is why, why right. There's the long car scenes with the long ending unconversations mm-hmm. between two people, but ultimately they end up sounding a lot alike. Right. It's his, it's, oh my God. Right. And that's why we <laughs> see him eating his lunch and he watches that Robert Zemeckis ending to the movie. And then oh later God, they yeah. say, and one of their stories of how they met was he ordered this burger, right, mm-hmm. from her. But he yeah. had seen that while he was eating his lunch on the TV. Mm-hmm. He'd seen that in that movie. And at one point, uh, Lucy, quote unquote, turns into that actress. Yeah. So we see kind of a conflation of what he's seeing throughout his evening. Uh, Cause it's obviously, yeah. he kind of comes there after school is over and he's there cleaning. Yeah. Right. And that's what we, so it's a conflation of stuff he's seeing throughout his evening. And that's why we see Oklahoma and, and the bitchy yeah. girls because they're rehearsing Oklahoma at the high school. Yeah. Right. 
Oh my God. And that's why uh, Jesse says something like, well, Oklahoma is the one I know best. Um, you know, they yeah. do it here every couple of years. And she's like, what do you mean? And how Jesse always talks about, yeah, I'll see the kids every once in a while out and about at the stores and stuff like that. He's talking about mm-hmm. the kids that he's seen go through the school. Yeah. Right. So you have that conflation of his job. And that's why you see the Oklahoma stuff is because the kids are rehearsing Oklahoma at the school. And that's why. And that's why there's all the ice cream empty cups in the dumpster, too. Perhaps. I I think. Yeah, I I think this could be like um, fucking not man of a Dan. The second little hope. I think this could be a little hope sit situation in which he is not just daydreaming anymore, but he's full on like disassociating. Right. And, um, and I think that's what we were seeing out. is I'm thinking yeah. of ending things. And that's what happens at the end is that he mm-hmm. finally uh, disassociates. You see him going off naked and stuff like that. And yeah. I think that's, you know, in the final scene in the in the in the auditorium and stuff like that, where he sings a song from Oklahoma, yeah. <laughs> which I didn't know Jesse Plemons could sing. Was that him? Because I didn't know he could sing. He was pretty good. I'm anyway. I'm assuming that was him, yeah. and I'm he was like, pretty good. Just Jesse. just saying as a side. You sound great. Yeah. Yeah. Saying as a side note, you know. Oh my god! And then also explains like why his parents were like care like they're their personalities were very exaggerated yeah because that's what he remembers he doesn't remember like the nuance of his parents you remember their their worst traits yeah you know you remember kind of the the most out there traits of them and not kind of the three-dimensional people that they are yeah you know yeah and that also explains why the mom was in a 1950s house dress right i Oh my god! So this whole entire movie—it's about one man's relationship with his life. Yeah, that's what that was my. Yeah, that's damn. Yeah, and I think that's what um, that's what it is. It's it's him, Mm -hmm. and so think of it in the context of every conversation he has with the young woman is conversations Mm -hmm. he's having from himself. You know, because they will randomly go from being stupid little jokes or whatever. Yeah. Do really deep philosophical discussions. Yeah. About stuff. Yeah. You know, talking about movies and talking about Freud and stuff like that, you know? And that's why, if you notice, Jesse's character doesn't, uh, Jesse Plemons' character, Jake, doesn't really change too much. He's kind of the same. Mm-hmm. However, the woman, because it's kind of a manifestation of him talking to himself, his ego, his id, however Freudian you want to get with it, she changes, right? Mm-hmm. She changes her personality a bit throughout, especially the scene where it's most, um, is where they're in the car, which is a lot of the movie. They're in the car having these discussions. <laughs> but the one where she's talking about the movie, A Woman Under the Influence. And oh all of a sudden she God. pulls out a cigarette and she's just acting like, what the fuck you know so you can imagine that this is someone that he knew that he's putting those attributes of someone he knew and a similar conversation that he's had onto this this personification he's created of this young woman oh my god that makes sense because the whole time i'm like why the fuck is she smoking this seems right she's so out of place before but (gasps) realize that it's like him talking to herself and he's created her out of his mind it's, it also felt very in line with a woman under the influence. Right. Granted, it's been years since I've seen it. I don't have it emotionally in me to see it again. <laughs> and I was forced to watch that in a grad school film class oh, no. starting at eight o'clock in the morning. So, you know, eight, what in, the morning for watch. eight, in, eight in the morning until the end of class, which is like two, two and a half hours. <sighs> you know what we all did at 10 a.m.? To the pub, the first pub that opens up. If, if for whatever reason it wasn't open because the owner was still sleep, sleeping <laughs> off a hangover, we just go to the campus bar. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> or just uh, pine pine of Carlsberg, please. right? But yeah. that's why Jake put a doesn't shot of, really a shot of Jameson in it too, <laughs> right? But that's why yeah. Jake doesn't really change too much in terms of personality and stuff. But she does. That's why her her paper she has to do and her yeah. her major and what she's studying changes and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. i think and like i said her personality especially in that scene where they're talking about a woman under the influence um yeah you know changes and stuff like that and all of a yeah. sudden she's acting very noir she's acting very you know yeah you know and she solves and starts smoking which you've never seen her do you know so mm-hmm. i really do think that that's kind of what it is it's this it's this unraveling at the end of this man's life before he commits suicide yeah and he's kind of as he does his last shift and everything oh my god but i mean like if if that if like that emotion of that intense amount of anxiety and Remember, I had mentioned I, I I had to watch this film in two chunks. I had to take a several days break from it because that's how emotionally intense it was for me. But imagine if that is what you feel every single day mm-hmm. when you think about your own life. My God, I would be thinking about ending things too. Like, how do you even begin? to deal with that that kind of emotion no wonder he disassociates a lot you know Mm -hmm. different things and yeah that's probably why it was really hard for me to sit through and I think anybody who's who has even the smallest amount of like trauma in 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 their past like this film was gonna fucking bring that subconsciously to the surface and you won't realize what is happening until you need to go oh fuck okay pause like i can't i can't yeah Yeah, and that's why it was uh you know kind of a slow unraveling you know at first it wasn't very surreal it wasn't very you know things were happening that made sense just in the beginning you know she's waiting Mm -hmm. goes to pick her up they're having this normal conversation on the way And then it starts to get, you know, slowly, slowly, slowly over the course of the movie, it starts to get more surreal and more, more metaphorical and more as his mind kind of unravels during his shift at this school. Right. Um, You know, and that's why, like I said, like, I mean, it's little things like when we first see the janitor and he walks by, you see the two girls make fun of him. Mm -hmm. you know when they walk by and then they later appear in that scene at the ice cream place you know making you know and why he doesn't they won't want to you know that's why jesse plemons was like oh they won't want to talk to me etc etc you better do it because they made fun you know like it that's when you start to see when you start to see it like Mm -hmm. that you kind of see where he's pulling these things from Absolutely. Yeah. And did did you also notice in in the same scene where there was the girl with the um the the other girl that was uh, short curly brown hair right. was working and they were get, getting the ice cream. Did you see on Jesse Plemons' hand when he went to give her the money? They both had the same rash. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Yeah, was, so I think he's yeah. I, I think in that case you know, you start to see little bits of what's happening come through. And I think that's sort of, um, I think he's kind of placing this girl who I think was kind of like a younger version of Mm -hmm. the woman he created in his mind. I think it's kind of the start of the woman he created in his mind. Yeah. The girl talks about, oh, she's so familiar. Why is she familiar? And if you look at how they look and stuff like that, they they look look similar, have the same hair, and they know the same things, right? She starts talking about, you know, you're nice, etc. You don't, you're not doing. So I can imagine that he, what happened was, is back when he was in high school and tortured in high school, right? There mm-hmm. were mean girls, but there was a nice yeah. girl who worked at the place too, right? Yeah. And everything. 
And, and that's a girl he wanted to be with. Right. But what he did yeah. was the mean girls probably weren't, obviously weren't those exact same girls, but because he'd overseen yeah. them just earlier in, in reality, quote unquote, teasing him, he kind of superimposed their visages on visage on the mean girls visage. that he remembers, right? <laughs> So yeah. he's like taking the experience he had and kind of putting these other mean girls on the, and so that whole speech about, well, it comes with a certain amount of prettiness because he's seen it, right? He experienced it when he yeah. was in school and he sees it now that he's a janitor and stuff like that, you know? Um, it's one of yeah. those things that I feel like this movie, uh, you're going to have to watch a few times. Yeah. And, and, you know, you have the script you said, so. Um, oh, yeah. Reading I, the script. I do this. If you look at it from that perspective, and I think you read the script, you'll see all the references, probably. Um, you know, when he's talking Let's, philosophically. Yeah. Let's go through it. <laughs> ha -ha. Since since I have the script right right in front of me. Um, let me see. Da -da 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 -da. Mm, where do you think I should start? Well, the first thing she kind talks of. about is I'm thinking of ending things. That's like the first yeah. line. And she's talking about, um, you know, it goes Which on. Which is not how the script starts. Always. Yeah. <laughs> always. And stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I think if you think of it, like if, if we kind of go with the theory that this is somebody he's created and she's going back and forth on whether to break up with him or not. Mm -hmm. Think of it as him like hating himself and liking aspects of himself. Yeah. Right. So he goes back and forth between hating himself and wanting to end it and thinking he's not a bad guy himself. It's like, it's like his own yeah. relationship with his self-esteem almost. Yeah. So here's, um, let me read. So this is something from the pink revision okay. from March 6, 2019. So <clears throat> it's interior high school day montage. The stay night sequence repeats again and again with only slight variations, mostly in the janitorial tasks. The big change comes in with the hands, which over time get old, liver spotted, wrinkled, arthritic, the occasional band-aid on one or another of the fingers. The image itself, through his point of view, degrades as well, becoming softer, dimmer, less vibrant. The sound becomes less distinct and by a constant wisp whispery hum. Note, throughout the remainder of the film, there is a constant whisper under everything. Sometimes the wind, sometimes a voice, sometimes both. On occasion, it will resolve into the voiceover of the young woman, then back to vague, inarticulate whisper. Right. And you can imagine that vague, articulate whispering is him hearing, like, people talking, maybe the kids getting ready to yeah. leave school. Stuff like that. yeah which 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 we do hear from from time time to time like that that whispered thing like was every single time you heard it the number of times it happened was done perfectly it wasn't overdone because by the time it happens again you had already forgot forgotten about the first time so the effect was the same right and and you know the other evidence that we have that it's that it's him the whole time is he gives the mom tintinous and then yeah. at the end, we realize he has it. He has yeah, it. Yeah, he has it. So yeah, and I was like, oh, I know that. And sound. and note that um, <laughs> that uh, like the dad had like a band aid here and stuff like that. Yeah, know? and then it was on one side, and then the it was on the other right, side. Right, you know, kind of yeah. thinking about maybe stuff that he's had or injuries he's had or something. You know. Yeah here can can i read more yeah, go ahead. from 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 the script just because it's yeah really really gorgeous uh this section that i'm gonna read is from the white um production from february 21st 2019 um let me start this interior school hall hallway day 
And if you've watched the film, you should probably recognize this. Uh, the janitor makes his way through the empty hall. The bell sounds sudden and loud, and the hall is filled with racious. Is that how you pronounce Rocious. it? Rocious. 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 Yeah. Students. Uh, the janitor is invisible to them as they carelessly maneuver their way around them. He watches their faces, their interactions, their youth, their romances, their enthusiasm. He spots the outliers, the lonely, the ugly, the desperately sad. Mm-hmm. Fuck, this is like... As a script, it's fucking yeah. poetic. Yeah. Like. See, see if you can find some dialogue. Let's look. Let's look oh, at some yeah. dialogue. Yeah. Let me see. Okay, so from this point, then it's then we're introduced to Jesse Buckley. Um. Da, 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 whereas um, it's a whole description of like you see her out out in the cold she's waiting for for someone um but in the actual script itself there's no dialogue over this right. part um it's mostly just just description um blah blah blah, blah. so sudden or, so this is exterior brownstone street day um i'm in the second half of the paragraph uh, Suddenly, she feels self-conscious, glances around to see if she's being watched, peering into dark apartment windows. She spots a young man driving toward her. This is Jake from State Farm. (laughs) A fleeting look of worry passes across her face. Then she smiles, waves enthusiastically. He smiles back, waves, pulls to a stop in front of her. She opens the door. Young woman. It's snowing, Jake winter is acumenin i see you see that nerdy academia joke doesn't land if you can't pronounce it what's the word i see you m m e n in 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 what the hell does that mean it means coming it means impending like uh in so that that explains <laughs> why the young woman. Oh my god, fucking nerds! And no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, here's what I also thought, I'm a huge too, that some of the yeah. stuff that he's talking about. Where does he work? Mm-hmm. A school, right? So what might he, he just hear? read? Lectures. He can read stuff in the library. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff on boards mm-hmm. that's up there. Yeah, that he cleans. That off. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, That's where I thought all that stuff is coming from, that possibly mm-hmm. some of it um, yeah. is stuff he overhears at the school or reads over, you know, like teachers writing on the board and they leave it, you know, so he yeah. reads. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, school really is one of the best places to work. Yeah. Right? All right. Now, give so, me that word again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually look it up. What is it? I-C-U-M-M-E-N. This is how you know this is a podcast for two yeah, writers. I know, we right? Come across a word that we're like, never seen that word before. Stop everything. We must get oh. out the dictionary and look it up. <laughs> Let's see. Wait. Like, it is winter. Is Okay. It's a poem. Ah, by who? Is it a middle recite is in Kuman in Lud Singh? It's a Middle English poem. Oh, and that's the exact line here. Yeah, from from Jake. It, it's um, Ezra Pound had a poem apparently. Yeah, Ezra Pound had a poem, and yeah, apparently, and it was based off some uh, Middle English stuff. Well, that makes sense. Apparently, so you he was would, quoting. You would learn a poem. about that in high school. Yeah, you would learn about that in high school, uh, especially depending on you know yeah. the year you went to school and and where. Yeah, um, and that makes sense. Why? 
the next thing that the young wo- woman says is, God damn. And they laugh. She climbs into the car. They kiss. Yeah. God damn is so actually the next word of the of the poem. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then let's see. Uh, interior car day. They drive through a university town. It is oddly underpopulated. She looks out the window. Although her outfit is the same, the colors seem even more subdued now. Jake watches the road. She glances over at him, takes in his face in profile. Feeling her eyes on him, he glances over. She smiles. He smiles self-consciously, looks back at the road. She flips down her sun visor, opens the mirror. The mirror is missing. She flips the visor back up. Her mood has turned somber. The whispering sound increases in volume. Young woman, voiceover. I'm thinking of ending things. Silence. Jake. Huh? Young woman. What's that? Jake, did you say something? Young right. woman laughing. Here's another no, instance because so. it's almost yeah. like he heard the thought. Because of course it did. It's all his, yeah. his thoughts, his own thoughts. Absolutely. Yeah. Jake, weird. Young young woman. Ha. Huh. Yeah. Silence. Jake. Car ghosts. Young woman playfully. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then now we get into her voiceover. You know, what is the point of carry on like this? I know what it is, where it's going. Jake is a nice guy, but it's not going anywhere. I've known this for a while now. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting to so like, now oh, if okay, you look at this. that part as he's thinking yeah. of suicide, right? Yeah. I'm thinking of many things. I mean, why bother? I know where it's like, I know I'm going to die anyway. You yeah. know, Jake's a nice guy, but I know where it's going. Right. So you can take that yeah. in context of she knows where the relationship is going. Yeah. But if you think of it in context of he's thinking of killing himself, I know where yeah. life is going. Yeah. And that explains why he like sees a pig at the end and like follows it. But it's like a cartoon pig. Yeah. Um, and the pig is supposed to remind him of being a pig and it's all the negative reasons why he just shouldn't be living anymore. Right. Basically. Right. Right. So I saw that. Indeed. Yeah. So, so how did you feel about the, the last like dance number thing that they did? with the the whole dancing and stuff like that what how how do we look at that in terms of if yeah. we're looking at a metaphor i mean yeah like self i think that's also him realizing like i missed out on this in high school i wish i could go back and like relive that maybe get a girlfriend be popular like whatever i think it's him realizing like that's how the women how how the teenage girls like look at him with just complete revulsion right and um i mean and that's why they have that uh, whole conversation about youth and jake is saying youth is admirable Right. And she's like, mm-hmm. what? Use this admirable. Yeah. Like, that's like saying, <laughs> you know, whatever is admirable. I forget what the example she uses is like, like it's yeah, a, a part of the stream is admirable because it constantly changes. Right. And I think that's what she was yeah. trying to say there. Like, how can that be admirable? You can't admire a part of the stream because it passes. Right. So it's not yeah. to be admired because everyone goes through it, right? But then he talks about, yeah, youth is hopeful, youth is this, that, and the other thing, and goes on to wax poetic about what youth is, right? Yeah. So then at the end, he imagines himself as youthful, dancing yeah. with the youthful um, version of the young woman, right? But he, then they he imagines. Yeah. And they're dancing, everything is great. But then he imagines himself coming into the picture 
The young girl freaks out his younger version fighting his older version. His older yep. version kills his younger version. Right. And then Jesse Buckley and Jesse Plemons come in. They just kind of like stare at dancing Jake, dancing young Jake on, on the ground with red hang- handkerchiefs thrown everywhere, which is obviously blood because he got stabbed. Yeah. Um, and then they turn around and they walk away. And then get the auditorium scene. Yeah, but not before he starts sweeping up the snow right. around mm-hmm. the dead body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and I really actually really liked the touch that the old makeup they did in that last scene was stage was, old makeup. I know. I'm looking at it going, oh my God, that's theater makeup it we is, did in college. Yeah, it's theater makeup. Because <laughs> that's what he would yeah. know, right? Yeah. From seeing the kids do it. Yeah. So that's how he's imagining all these older people and stuff like yeah. that. And and you know, him whatever. And I think I think that the the other part of it that um you know, yeah, because I think if we sat and analyzed the script and I would be especially interested to go back and listen to their philosophical conversations that they oh, have yeah. about art and the poems and the movies they talk about where they disagree or they have these big because I would really like to look at that in context of like mm-hmm. his Jake's point of view and the young woman's point of view and him is yeah. if we look at these as him essentially like arguing with himself yeah talking about things um you know they had a conversation about the song right yeah Yeah, the the um baby it's cold outside and she chastises him about it and stuff and i can't help but think that that's probably stuff he overheard at the school Mm -hmm. right so he's putting it in there and kind of like arguing about it and stuff like that and you know himself you know The young woman is like the voice of his parents, the voice of actresses that he's seen, the voice of young women he might have known, his own voice of uh, insecurity. Basically, he's wrapped up all of the voices that have been in his head his whole life into this young woman. You know, sometimes they agree. Sometimes they, you know, don't. Disagree. You know, um, you know, and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you really would have to uh, sit there and I think watch it again or read the script uh, and and really go through and look at their philosophical conversations to understand it again. And I think there were also a lot of instances of shots and things that I would like to go back and see. Um, yeah. To capture and details. look at again. Because this yeah. whole, because the thing about this is that it is a it is a slow burn movie, but it is I mean in terms of like action and stuff like that like it's slow. I mean there are all these awkward pauses. There are all these awkward silences, painstakingly. Like, I mean slow. it's so secondhand cringe, right? Yeah, there's a lot works. of that, <laughs> and because of that, and because of the way the script is, the acting in it is extremely subtle yeah it's extremely subtle very well done i thought especially when i started thinking about in context of jesse Plemons' character being the the guy that we're following right the the main character the subtle acting that he had is is Mm -hmm. so good and i would really like to go back and watch for all of the inflections all of the nuances of his face and stuff like that to kind of capture even more of what might have been going on there. Because I think yeah. there's a lot to that, you know, and with all of them, the young woman and the mom and the dad and the other characters, I think it, it's nuanced. And so I think you would have to go back and watch it again to kind of catch all their facial nuances, all the vocal nuances, all the uh, movement mm-hmm. nuances, you know, and, and look at how those things work with your understanding of what the metaphor is in the movie. Yeah. And stuff. I really think, you know, I mean, yeah, you have to know what you're doing. I mean, people look at something like this and it's like, it's just random shit, you know, but it, it no, is, it's it, not. Think about <laughs> yeah. it. 
it's not to me anyway yeah. and to be able no, to try to is, convey yeah. something like this I think you have to know yeah you have to know what you're trying to convey in each scene and each piece of dialogue to be able to convey that to the actors mm-hmm. so that they know what it is they're trying to convey by the dance scene by the getting a blizzard scene by the you know all this stuff the dinner and stuff like that yeah. you know what I'm saying like yeah and I mean I think also if you can get your hands on the script somehow um reading it and picking out those details and those nuances and reading just the um the the descriptions it is ex- it, it is a hundred percent clear that everything was carefully chosen every right. single word description the angles of this the camera yeah. the things that the young woman notices or doesn't notice or whatever yeah. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if you go back and look at when things shift, like when people shift and stuff, I wouldn't even be surprised if you went back and found that those were done at specific times too. Like yeah. she said something in particular um, that kind of shifted things or something like that. You know, like if you go back and you try to think of it that way, look at it that way, I think you'd be mm. able to find like all sorts of things in it um, yeah. that that you know were were there that you didn't notice the first time you know you're you're watching yeah yeah i mean this is one that i think like if i'm just going into it to look for shit that i possibly would have missed like okay i think i can emotionally handle like a second watching especially now talking through it and dissecting it and everything else um and coming to this understanding of like no, no it's all in jake's head Jake the janitor it's all in his head um you know but it's very it is it is a horror film though like how, how those, so that I mean what, what we were talking about what like two episodes ago or no last episode when right, we were talking about, about midnight radio yeah yeah um a lot of that stuff, even though it didn't fit into like the um, the fantasy video game one, right? Like that, you look at it like that's not horror, that's fantasy. But then you get to the end and like what you said, like that's horrifying, right? So there's this guy and this is like, this is all going through his head, I think in one entire day. I think yeah, this it's is taking one shift. Place. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And to go from being okay and everything in the morning and then we end with him stripping down naked in his car and getting out and following an imaginary cartoon pig back into the school, like, oh my God, that is a very scary, like, emotional shift to go from basically baseline to like that low over an entire day Mm -hmm. and I think anybody who's struggled with mental health issues that looking at that that's terrifying because that is you not being necessarily in control of your mind your emotions and I know I personally find that horrifying Mm -hmm. to not have that control to not be okay (laughs) yeah I mean it is I mean that is horrifying I mean, yeah. there's no way to get around that, really. Um, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, thinking about, you know, your mind unraveling and you spending most of your time not even in reality, you know, you only registering yeah. certain things, you know, because I think at that point, you know, we were only registering what he was registering, yeah. you know, him getting there throughout the day, Um you know, seeing the kids look at him in disgust, him eating his lunch and looking up at the TV, you know, um, you know, so we kind of, that's when he's there. And then the rest of the time, he's just Mm -hmm. going through his day disassociated. And sometimes things leak through, like we see him watching the kids do Oklahoma, you know, Mm -hmm. so that leaks through a little bit. And then when they kiss in the car, we get a flash of the janitor. Yeah. Right. You know, like, yep. I mean, so we see certain instances where he's coming back to himself. 
to the climax of which he himself confronts the young woman, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they have that conversation. Yeah, and her whole thing was basically um, outright saying like, "Oh, this guy doesn't exist." Mm-hmm. And then he you realize, like, wait, anymore. you don't, don't exist. Right. You're towel. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like you know, her thing when they met in the hall was like. I don't know what he looks like. You know, yeah. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know. It was just guy. He was a creeper, etc. It happened 40 years ago. Yeah, yeah, it happened 40 years ago. And she's obviously not, you know. And mm-hmm. you can imagine that something like that happened, right? You know, he's imagining, yeah. you know, when that happened to him, you know, and stuff like that. Because yeah. he even goes to that um, in that little part to kind of go with the dreamlike quality she says yeah i was there with my girlfriend it was our anniversary mm-hmm. right in the bar when yeah she's talking about that when they actually confront you know the janitor um yeah, yeah. it you know it was i was there with my girlfriend it was our anniversary and then later on uh you know like the next sentence she says i remember thinking i wish my boyfriend was here so he's conflating these two weird like yeah she was there with her girlfriend it was their anniversary but she wished her boyfriend you know like it's it's, so that's where it's really starting yeah instances in his life that have kind of yeah come together in this weird nonsensical kind of kind of rant right yeah like he's he's remembering the past when he's like tried to reach out to for people. to people for companionship but because of the way that he looked you know everyone right. is just like no we're good right and then there's the other one of the things now that i'm thinking about it was she reads poems and recites poems and yeah. stuff and they are all about loneliness mm-hmm and at one point does it and says, uh, you could have written that about me, is what Jake says. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, yeah. I think that's what every poet wants. And and he's like, what? You know, oh, the universality of specificity. Specificity. Mm-hmm. Specificity. Specificity. I can say that uh, word. Specificity. Right. Um, yes. But he says, no, it really feels like you wrote it about me. So in other words... He's probably read this poem. I'm sure if we looked it up, it's an actual poem. Oh, I'm, I'm sure, sure yeah. these poems she was saying she didn't write. I'm sure he's read these. And this particular mm-hmm. one spoke to him because it talked about yeah. loneliness and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure the art they're they're referencing the art they're referencing is all art. I mean, they reference Edgar Pound, they reference other poems and poets and stuff yeah. like that. Um I thought, okay, I thought I literally had just turned to that part in the script, but no, no. Oh, wait, no, I did. (gasps) Go ahead and read it. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, she called her the poem Bone Dog. Let's see. So, but this doesn't actually say if it is like a poem in the bone dog pub- poem here we go a poem by ava hd eva hemeraldis doherty wow. coming home How- is terrible whether the dogs lick your face or not whether you have a wife or just a wife-shaped loneliness wife-shaped loneliness waiting for you it's an yeah. actual poem when when was it published I'm assuming for them to have used the entire poem. They did use the entire poem. Yeah. They either need to have like paid for the rights for it or it's in the pub public domain. Let's see. Uh, 
let's see and may i say jesse buckley performed that, that poem, poem was really good beautifully yeah. like when she started crying i started crying yeah it was that... really a good recitation oh my um, god it was gorgeous so it was an actual poem eva, eva hd let's see let's see if i can find out it's not telling me when the poem ava ava h c uh it's perfect mouth and books let's see oh it's not an old poem oh no it's a book she has a poetry book um came out in 2016 her first book, Rotten Perfect Mouth, was published by Mansfield Press in the spring of 2015. She recently won the Montreal International. She's a Canadian poet, modern Canadian poet. So he wow. must have heard it at the school. Yeah. That he was he was doing, some teacher was teaching this poem. Yeah. And he related to it because it's all about loneliness and stuff like that it's pretty interesting they must have paid her for the use of it i am sure i mean yeah i just googled really quickly and most of the references that i'm finding to this poem are actually around march may 2019 Mm -hmm. and that's That's when the movie came out probably yeah and that's like all the the um the list of the drafts in here the white draft the blue revision the pink and the yellow nice a little bit around that time nice wow nice yeah um yeah, that's really oh, Charlie cool. Kaufman, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I mean, that's cool though. Instead of going back yeah. to some old, he he brought in some poem that he felt reflected the theme. Yeah, and, and if you think of modern, right? Modern, modern, modern yeah. poet, the mm-hmm. theme of the of it and stuff like that, bringing it in, and and we see the janitor relating to it so much, having yeah. overheard it or seen it. You know, maybe the teacher had it up in their room or something. You know, I mean, that's very sad. Yeah. And I mean, and yeah, the recitation was really good that Jesse oh Buckley did, and that you know, her looking out the window. I mean, the whole atmosphere really, uh, really sold yeah. that. And and yeah, she did really, really good. Yeah, and if it was there a was any, poem. and this is the first time I'm hearing of this poet. So I mean, uh, time to go out and buy this poet's work. <laughs> Very good. I may yeah, say so just based on that one. It's absolutely gorgeous. Well, this movie really uh um, one of those thinkers. <laughs> one of those thinkers. But clear but clearly we were I think decently able to talk about it. So it's not that any of this stuff is too buried or too abstract for anybody to pick up. I think you just need to follow I your think you, emotion I think once you, yeah once you know charlie kaufman and that it's a metaphor then you're good like you know yeah. it's like when you realize you're not <laughs> supposed to take it all literally that mm-hmm. most of it is just heavy metaphor um yeah you know i think it. it's pretty obvious it, i mean at least probably to anybody who you know has watched a ton of these types of right films, exactly so. you know if this is you know and you know charlie kaufman's work you know, uh, the last one I watched was Adaptation. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, which, you know, just OK. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, what are we doing next time, Danny? Next time. All right. So thank you all for joining us and listening to tell us what you thought if you watch this movie. I mean, go and watch yeah. it. I mean, because we didn't do it justice talking about the effect the movie has. We're just talking about our thoughts on it. So mm-hmm. go ahead and watch it for yourself and give us a shout out. Um, I'll let you know in just a second where to do that. But next time we're going to be discussing the 2013 comic by Junji Ito Uzumaki. I love Junji Ito. This is my choice. Joanna chose this one and exposed us all to this. So I don't wait. You're not familiar with Junji Ito, are you? I don't. No. So this is going to be my I my I first this time was my choice. digging so, into this. Yeah. So Junji Ito. Uzumaki. Oh yeah. my god, and he's so funny. He's such a funny dude in interviews. <laughs> and I'm super excited about this. Um, they had one um, that was a thing like try to scare Junji Ito, 
And he was so complimentary of people like their drawings and their comic and stuff. And you just be like, oh yeah, this is very scary. I'm scared. And you're like, no, oh, you're not, Jimmy. It's so nice, so funny. Um, oh my God. But yeah, we're going to be looking at the 2013 comic Uzumaki. Uh, very Lovecraftian. So definitely stick mm-hmm. around for that and chat with us about it. Um, follow us on Twitter at the box underscore podcast. Uh, check us out on Slasher at Tell Us What's in the Box. And you can listen to us on Stitcher, or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Podbean, and wherever you are watching it now, of course, listening to us now, of course. <laughs> um, and with that being said, remember to shake the box before you open it.